This is the Life Origami Podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will be reading to you from our book, The Lost Guru. Uncover the mental habits that prevent you from fully inhabiting your life and accessing your intrinsic wisdom. We'll read a portion of the book. Amethyst and I will have a conversation about it, and then we'll put them out three times a week until the book's complete. Enjoy the show. Right, good morning and welcome to the reading of uh, the continued reading of our book The Lost Guru and in this episode this is episode number six we're going to be talking about how you how we need to learn how to evaluate our thoughts according to you how not they how which was what we talked about in episode five because in episode five we're basically introducing the fact that you can find your lost guru, but you have to uncover the mental thoughts, which prevents you from being able to access the guru within. And we talked about how natural that this, this knowledge is and uh, that you're an individual that's unique and that uh, what counts is what you think and that we need to uh, learn how to, how to move towards um, embracing the act of witness uh, otherwise we end up being programmed by other people all right so we're going to get into the reading of uh, the continued reading and what, what we'll do in this session is finish reading this is the introduction so we can move on to chapter one so what you need to what you need to learn is how to evaluate your thoughts and determine whether or not they are helping you move forward. If not, you could end up taking yourself out of the game and not even realize it. Now, you might think you know yourself and are well on your way to get what you want. Yet, you may still be experiencing anxiety, worry, grieving, negative self-talk, or and storytelling of perhaps even past childhood woes. This is a type of disguised, invisible fear that may actually be holding you captive and preventing you from getting what you want. You may feel like you don't know what you want. You deserve to live your life according to your own standards of what brings you joy, significance, and meaning. When you follow other gurus, many of them will attempt to teach you their philosophy of change. Some people end up so steeped in their philosophers' philosophies that they cannot see why they aren't getting what they want in life. They are caught running on the treadmill of trying to digest and assimilate these obscure philosophies. These know-it-all gurus often don't show you how to get in touch with the wisdom of your life experience. You may have all their worksheets, swipe files, templates, read their books, attend their events, workshops, yet you still struggle to feel at peace, calm, and relaxed. We think you deserve something that is long-lasting and sustainable. This can only come from having a relationship with your lost guru. When you learn to tap into your inherent strengths, skills, wisdom, and abilities of the lost guru, this will set you up to take on any challenge in life. 
Listening to this book or reading our book is the beginning of helping yourself to become familiar with the active witness of your life, a.k.a. the lost guru. To do that, you need to learn how to hear the lost guru's voice, which means you need to learn to distinguish between your voice and the noise of the world and your own paranoid, anxious, and fearful thought patterns. That is what this book is all about. Our goal is to help you understand how to navigate the ocean of your own thoughts first. Otherwise, your own voice and thoughts will drown out the still, subtle, gentle voice of the lost guru. If the ideas you have been reading and hearing resonate with you, you will enjoy the rest of our book as we continue to read it and continue your journey of self-discovery. You can make progress by becoming aware of what is working for you and what is not. You can figure out who you are and who you aren't, what you want more of or of less of. New skills and tools will be required to get you from where you are today to where you deserve to be. Your first step is to begin to explore the possibility that you have an inner lost guru. And of course, the only way to access the guru within is to figure out the mental habits which have been preventing you from accessing the wisdom of your life. This is the beginning of your quest to meet the lost guru. At Life Origami, we serve people from a wide variety of religions, beliefs, and philosophies. We make no distinctions or judgment about what you believe. We are simply presenting an observation about the human condition and the act of witness that has been traveling with you throughout your entire life. In our experience, this awareness of the act of witness is solid, dependable, and once uncovered, transformational. There's nothing you can do to turn the act of witness off. It's always on. However, you can learn to tap into its wisdom. And at Life Orgami, we believe with practice, you can cultivate a relationship with your act of witness as a resource to guide you. Now, we know that the answers you seek are within you and will be revealed as you reflect upon what you're hearing in this podcast or if you choose to read, bought, purchase and read the book. You will slowly peel away the layers of other people's agendas, beliefs, and rules. You will, with each page, get to know what's been holding you back from looking deeper within. Reading or listening to this book is your first step on your guru path. You will observe four core messages woven within and throughout this book and this reading. One... The guru you seek is already within you. Two, you don't know what you want, even though you think you do. This is because you haven't spent the time to discover your deeper desires. You stop yourself because on some level, in some areas of your life, you feel you aren't enough. You feel you aren't worthy of more. So you don't even indulge the idea. 
You don't trust yourself with the dream in the first place. Three, we all commit the ultimate we all commit the ultimate crime. We deny our weaknesses and our greatness. We do this because we are not confronting and examining the roadblocks to our success. Number four, growing and learning together is the most important as you navigate the path of communication and connection in relationships on the road toward fully inhabiting your life. There is one thing we know for sure. You do not have to live any longer without anxiety, confusion, frustration, or self-loathing. Your lost guru has been collecting your memories, experiences, and life context, keeping them safe for you. We're here to tell you that you can learn how to unlock your mind and your heart to access your greatness. This book will awaken you to the obstacles, habits, and patterns which have kept the lost guru just out of your reach. Now we're going to stop here and resist the urge to try to explain and summarize this entire book. The trick is to continue to listen to the podcast or, to, if you purchase the book, to read it, contemplate it, and see if there's a part of you that awakens while you're reading or listening to it. We extend an invitation to dialogue with us about your journey. You can do that either on Facebook, in their Life Origami group, or through Anchor by giving us audio feedback or finding us on Tapebook. So what will follow is our conversation and observations about this particular reading of the book. And this concludes the introduction to the book, The Lost Guru. All right, so this is uh, our conversation. Amethyst and I are going to talk about our observations about this section. The part that really stands out for me in this amethyst is that we're basically, we're swimming and experiencing this a sea of where of thoughts of of emotions of feelings we're literally floating in this ocean of thought and all of those thoughts come i believe we assimilate them and accumulate them over the course of our lifetime because of the interactions being raised in a family a certain way educated in a certain way we're trained in business a certain way and because of that, we end up with all these differing opinions and voices and stories that we've adopted as our own, and we kind of lose sense and connection with ourselves. And so we need, as we said in the book and the reading, you need to learn to hear the lost guru's voice, which means you need to learn to distinguish between your voice and the noise of the world, which is considerable. Right, otherwise you may become um, paranoid, anxious, and have fearful thought patterns. Um, we question our own abilities and who we are and what our thoughts are, our values and our beliefs, our morals and our ethics. And what happens is that affects our behavior. And we may end up doing things that, that uh, do not um, uh, resonate with us and aren't congruent with who we are. Right, you are. Because, you see, what happens, the thing to remember is that other people's opinions and beliefs are 
their stories that they perhaps have most likely, not perhaps, they've most likely assimilated from other people. So, and those people got their opinions and beliefs and values from other people, and they got their stuff from other people. It's like this hand-me-down fairy tale thought culture that ends up becoming and running our lives. And that, you know, and I think about that, that's kind of scary. So I have an example. So, okay. you know, early in my life, I got into sales. Uh, and the thing that was interesting about it is that I, there's this one st- uh, particular relationship with a business owner that I remember. I can still literally see myself sitting in his office trying to explain to him what the, cust- the information the customer was sharing with me and the things that I thought it indicated and what needed to change in how we related to the customer, how we served the customer, and what functional changes would be required in the business. Well, su- not surprisingly, it wasn't really received that well because he'd been running the business for years. And the thing that I heard is that's not the way we do things. The way we do things is this and this. And I said, well, why do you do it that way? when it's clearly not working. <laughs> and it, there, it was that this confused look came over his face. Well, that's just the way we do things, and this is my business, and this is how I'm choosing to do it. And he didn't have any real justification, but it's something that, he, that seemed like a good idea, and everybody did it, and everybody just followed along like little robots, lockstep, doing what they were told instead of thinking and critically connecting with the customers, and really thinking about the impact of what they're doing. Hmm. And so it really, that's just an example of the conditioning of how deep the conditioning goes when we accumulate, when we just automatically accept other people's opinions, beliefs, values, morals, and ethics, and even the things that they hold as true, their their principles or, you know, the there are just so much that we accumulate, right? We accumulate so much um, uh, passed down through the generations, uh, Mm. through our family, and, um, you know, it may become something again. This is just what we do. This is how, here's an example. Um, This is how we've always been disciplined, and this is how we disciplined you kids when you grew up. Um, So this is what you should do with your kids or you may have teachers or you may have neighbors or whoever that are interacting with you and telling you uh, maybe even counselors this is the way that you discipline children and then it's a one-size-fits-all kind of uh, uh, pronouncement or judgment now I have an example of my children and uh, they're growing up I had two children that um, had uh, difficulties. Um, One was handicapped and uh, the other one had ADHD. So the thing is, is that at times, there was times that were very challenging at home and at school. And this one particular time, my 
one son, they, the two boys were fighting over something. They both wanted it. So they were tugging on this item. I think it was a coat or something. And the other one started swinging the other one around. <laughs> that and, sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. And then he let go. Right. So this <laughs> other kid goes flying and knocks into some kid in the hallway and they both end up in the principal's office. The principal <laughs> tells me that they need to be on Ritalin. Oh. Right. And you can't bring your kids back until they're on Ritalin. So now wow. they've made a diagnosis as, you know, um, non-doctor right. diagnosis. So we went to a doctor and put them on Ritalin. One started having heart trouble. Mm. So then they put us on the kids on um, Dexedrin. And the one kept getting worse and having more difficulty. And it turned out he didn't have ADHD. He had a whole slew of other things from being born premature. Right. And the medication that uh, we gave him made it worse. So anyway, they were telling us then that you need to discipline the kids um, in this way and that way. Um, some, of the, some of the suggestions were to make them work. Um, you know, make them scrub the toilet um, with toothbrushes <laughs> and, you know, if they have a potty mouth, that kind of thing. So I tried it and it didn't work. They just got into more trouble. Mm. Then they said, oh, you know, do this thing where uh, you put them in the corner, um, basically with a dunce hat <laughs> and say, um, oh, like that's gonna you know, work. how old are you? Oh, well, I'm five years old. Okay, five years. Yeah, five years. <laughs> five years. Hey, I have five years in the corner. Five, I'll see you five, when you're 10. Five minutes in the corner, okay? And they just, and your time doesn't start until you're quiet. Well, they just freaked out the whole time from being in the corner, right? Their five minutes never did start. And I ended up, I ended up caving and letting them out. And then they would just, and then there was the thing, go to your bedroom. They're like, yes, because they had video games in there. No. They had, you know, and so that didn't work. Finally, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I'm listening to everybody else. None of this is working. My kids, you know, they don't have the prefrontal cortex in order to reason and to understand and to learn and problem solve like regular kids do. Right. And so um, what I decided was... My kids, I, I looked at the feedback of all the actions that I took, and my kids seemed to be doing better when they were doing activities that were quiet activities. And they got their mind calmed down. They would calm down during these activities so that I could talk with them. So what I came up with was an activity table where if they were getting out of control or they were um, having, um, they were feeling so upset that they couldn't um, function and, and think and problem solve, I would set them at this activity table to do quiet things like play with plaster scene or paint or whatever it was. But I didn't just leave them there to get in more trouble. I sat down with them and I did the activity with them. And then we would talk. And it calmed them down. It got them out of the way they were thinking. And then they would go off and play. So we'd spent five minutes um, at the activity table. And it worked a lot better. So I had to listen to my heart and what worked for me. And I had to stop listening to all these other experts who should all over me. Right. I think, that, you know, uh, thank you for sharing that very detailed and 
very it, it was a really good it's a really good review of how you laid it out there mm-hmm. about how the expectations i mean the, this the story that amy shared with us is a great reminder of the social expectations that get placed upon us based on could be based you know all of it could be based on research could be or it could be based on adults trying to impose adult behavior on children without a fully developed brain and it's and it's mistaken and so the point is is that the of this part and what we, the message we really wanted to share with you in this conversation Amy and I are having is there's all sorts of expectations projections judgments that we just seem to comply with un, unwittingly and they don't they don't apply to us and so the thing to do is to just let it slide just like water off a duck's back you know how a duck how a duck has oil within its feathers right and you know just let it slide off like off water off a duck's back because what is relevant is the context of your life and your experiences exactly. what the circumstance are the situation and to be able to think in your own head and evaluate the situation right i mean you can take into context and you can take into consideration other people's ideas and sometimes they're great ideas sometimes they really are not um, favorable so the thing to do is to be able to learn to problem solve and get beyond your own thought baggage that is damaging to you and your ego perhaps even your ego gets in the way too so those are some of the things to consider Right. And I think one of the things, one of the exercises, if you really want to experiment with this, I have an idea. Okay. So that idea is just to pay attention over the next day or two as to the thoughts and behaviors you notice in yourself that you're just doing automatically and you really not, and to just inquire, is that my, do I believe that or am I just kind of, copy paste uh, just re- being a human repeater <laughs> are you being a carbon copy of some other android <laughs> yeah exactly so is this something i really believe is, is where did this thought first come from why am i doing this do i really believe this and i think you might be surprised as to how many automatic unconscious behaviors and patterns that you indulge in that you that you live that you haven't really consciously examined i think you might be a bit surprised at that we every time we've had a client do this they've gone whoa so again to review what are the patterns and thought patterns that you've assimilated or acquired and adopted that's come from other people either your, your parents and you know everywhere in your life and which of them do you really believe in which are supporting you now we're going to be moving on what will happen in uh, the next episode is we're going to start to read actually this was the introduction <laughs> hopefully we said that earlier but uh, we're going to move on to chapter one 
And chapter one is you can tap into the inherent wisdom of your lost guru. And we're going to dive into that. So stay tuned. There's more to follow uh, each and every week, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Uh, we're still getting used to this routine. So we're, our intention is to try to get, the, get them out so that you can have them early in the morning. But we'll see what happens. We're, we'll keep working at it. If you have any thoughts, feedback, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. We'd even love to have a conversation. If any of you that are listening to this would like to join us in kind of a, uh, perhaps sharing, a re- you know, commenting on what we're reading, having a, con- a dialogue with us, we could have a three-way conversation. We could join up on Anchor and actually have a, uh, a live a, a conversation that we record and you can be part of the show. And on tape book. You can also make... reach out to us on tape book. Exactly. So we look forward to hearing from you and stay tuned. There's more to follow. And if you're really enjoying this, hey, we have our book is up on Amazon.com, The Lost Guru. You can find there the Kindle version or a print version. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. <laughs>